0: All right, welcome back to the Christian Tactician Podcast. I am your host, Adam Yates. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with me today. So very grateful to have this opportunity, this avenue to reach out to all of you who have spent the time, who have made the uh, the effort to tune in to me. I'm hopeful that if you have listened to uh, several of my podcasts, that you've been blessed by it, that you've been uh, blessed by the things that I've felt to uh, bring forth. Um, that you would sit and consider it for a while I'm certainly not um, an expert I'm still I'm still working at this thing called uh, called life at this thing called manhood at this thing called Christian manhood you know I uh, I accept the fact that my entire life it's going to be an effort my entire life to try to get there to try to measure up to the example that Christ set before me but uh, one thing that I'm so grateful for is that I'm not involved in a in a, in a walk, in a, in a struggle, in a, a way of life that I'm trying to figure it out all on my own. Um, I've been blessed in my life, so wonderfully blessed with good examples, good men in my life, good women in my life, uh, good good encouragement that I've received um, from, from people who have interacted with me, and some of them just for a short time in my life, uh, but have left really good impressions on me. I've been blessed that I believe strongly. I was raised uh, with a belief in Jesus Christ, with a belief in the power of prayer, and my life is a testimony to those things that God does. When we humble ourselves before Him, and, you know, we read in Scripture, it, it calls for us. The Lord calls to us, and He says, If you ask, ask and you'll receive. Knock, and I'm willing to open to you. And uh, and I think sometimes we... Uh, we go to God as a last resort. It's when everything has fallen down around our ears that we're like, oh, I should go to God. And I, I want to uh, take just a, a moment here, the beginning of this podcast, to remind you that you know, God is a God who cares about everything that matters to you. If it matters to you, it matters to Him. And that means we can go to Him with everything. And, and I want to encourage you that God is not your last ditch. He's not the last tool in your tool belt. He's not the last thing that you try. You know, you're going to throw the kitchen sink at some problem, and he's the last part of that kitchen sink. Let him be the first. Have him be the first. If you're not someone who has ever taken the time to find a quiet place and to calm your mind and begin to pour out your heart to God, you know, the first time you ever do that, it's going to feel a little weird. It's going to feel a little wacky, uh, but I'm going to encourage you to do it. I believe strongly, you know, in the book of James, in the fourth chapter, he says, if you draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. You come close to him, and he's going to come close to you. God has got a promise, and he follows through on his promise. And so I want to just encourage you uh, uh, at the beginning of this podcast about that. Uh, Just some quick reminders. I go through every podcast. You know, God has got a purpose. He purposed you to be a man, or for those ladies who are listening, and I know I have some, he purposed you to be a woman. He knew what he was doing. He created you with purpose, for a purpose. And a God of purpose, who knows how to do all those things, knows how to get you where he wants you to go. Our job is to seek out what he wants us to do, where he wants us to go, and how he wants us to accomplish this thing called life. He's given us instruction manual by way of the scriptures. He's given us uh, comfort and direction and guidance by way of his spirit. He's given us a, a beautiful example of perfection in Jesus Christ, his son. He's given us bad examples That we see, you read in Scripture, you look around you in life. He's given you opportunity in this day and age. uh, Just think of how you are absorbing this material I'm giving you today. It's phenomenal. The kind of ways that you can uh, find yourself finding people uh, who can mentor you and encourage you and give you uh, guidance in life. God has had a hand in all of this, and I believe that this day that we live in, this difficult day that we live in, He created you for this day. He knew what He was doing. Dogs also bark at what they don't know. Manhood is something that can be offensive and frightening. This world, I, I don't, you know, I'm not trying to be a pessimist. I'm more of a realist. This world is is going to have a really hard time accepting a uh, Christ-like man. But there are so many people who are longing for it. They want to see those good examples. They want to see those things that they can that they can uh, set up as as that as that mark of a leader in front of them, something to aspire to. When you begin to take that mantle of Christian manhood and you take it and you wrap both arms around it and you try to live up to it, you will be seen. You will be noticed. You'll be called out sometimes. It's not necessarily going to be easy, but, oh, are there blessings. A man, a man of God, he is a man who, uh, who is a man of action. He doesn't stand by idle. He is always looking for something to do. He's active in the lives of those who are around him, fighting against bad, fighting for good. And he's active in taking a look at his own life, what needs to be done, what needs to be changed. He's not going to send somebody else out to do his work. He is going to do work. Life is about work. It always will be about work, and that work will be continual. Christ-like man, a man of God, that second thing, he's a man of responsibility. He accepts and desires responsibility. That responsibility that was given to you when God purposed you and put you into being and, and laid you down here on earth came with responsibility, and a man accepts that responsibility. The responsibility that comes uh, with how he acts and how he speaks and who looks up to him, even if he doesn't necessarily want them to look up to him. He recognizes that he's being seen. He takes responsibility for that, for his example, for his words. He takes uh, a, a desire. He has a desire for responsibility. He wants people to look to him. He wants people to rely upon him because he's found something good to offer. A man, a man of God is a man of leadership. He leads from the front. He is the one who is out there. He is being seen. He's not sending someone else to do his work. He leads in his family. He leads in prayer. He leads in asking for forgiveness. He's the one who he sets the mark. He sets the standard. He sets the pace. He's the one who people look to. He's a leader, and a leader has to be visible. And a leader is very difficult because there's one thing that people like to do. We love to do it. We love to criticize, and a leader is the one who always has a target on his back, but God blesses those who seek to lead in a Christian manner. And that last aspect of manhood, oh, the the greatest, the most important, the one that ties it all together is a man of God is a man of great expectation. There is a reason why he is willing to do all these difficult things, to endure struggle and difficulty, to enjoy the good times, and to persevere through the bad times. And oh, there are bad times. Christ never promised that life was going to be easy when we follow him. What he promised was he's going to be with us. And he also promised that there is something good in the end if we endure, if we persevere, if we push through it. And a man of God, he's motivated by that. It drives him forward. It's what makes him swing his legs out of his bed every morning, get up ready for whatever the challenge is, because he's a man of expectation. I believe what God promised me. It's what causes me to think differently and to and to change the way that my mind works and how I speak and to ask the the Lord to help me to think of things different and give me the right words to speak and help me, Lord, that I don't just I don't just do what I feel like is best, but what you want me to do because I expect that you have great blessing for those who endeavor to follow you. And that's what a man of God is and that's what he does. He's a man of great expectation. So we're going to go in today, we're going to talk about respect. So over the last several years, oh, it's more than that. You know, I've been a minister now for well over a decade. Uh, I've been um, involved in various levels of counseling with people. Long before I was a minister, I was a youth leader for, for a long time, and, you know, sitting and, and, and visiting and talking through people with their problems. And, uh, you know, within the last 10 years or so, uh, maybe a little bit longer than that you know i've I've found myself in positions where i 'm talking to men, especially, whether it's in the police department, you know it was as a cop, I did a whole lot of counseling with people I'd run into on the street, calls that I was on with other police officers you know within my church I talk with with people about all of their difficulties, their struggles, all of those things and there's something that huh, i I just don't get a lot of times, the way that we look at this concept of respect. And so I want to talk about this today, because I know this is something that has an effect on every one of us. And I want I want you, as you listen to this, to consider how you view it. And and I just want to talk over some things here today that I, that I hope that we consider, because this uh, this word of respect, it's something that it's important to have and to give and to acknowledge and to recognize. But what all does it mean, and how do we get it, and how do we give it, and, and do we recognize it? And and especially our, our, if, if we want it, are we pursuing it? So that's what I want to discuss today. So I think that probably one of the best things we can do anytime we're going to use a word, a describing word, or a word like respect, let's, let's take a look and let's see what it means. And uh, so I'm going to start here and I'm going to read, um, you listen to my podcast in the past, I like to use the Webster's Webster's 1828 Dictionary. It's pretty comprehensive in its uh, uh, definitions and all that, and it also does something, even though I don't have it in this particular uh, definition, it also draws in Scripture into some of the definitions, and so I like that. It kind of helps me to see some of these things that I think are pretty important. So I looked up here, respect, and so as a noun, respect is regard or attention. Uh, The second definition, that estimation or honor in which men hold the distinguished worth or substantial good qualities of others. It expresses less than reverence and veneration, which regard elders and superiors, whereas respect may regard juniors and inferiors, regards the qualities of the mind, or the actions which characterize those qualities. So when we when we break that down just to what it says, it says, you know, that estimation or that honor in which men hold the distinguished worth or the substantial good qualities of others. So the first thing I I want to just make sure that I say is is that respect is subjective. Respect is subjective and if you've never taken a look and seen what the difference between objective and and, and and subjective is, you know, I'll give you a real quick example. This is one that we like to do in our Apologetics class. It's simple, you know, and, and objective uh, would be, you know, a Ford F-150 is a truck. Subjective is the Ford F-150 is the best truck ever made. Right? One of it is something that's a, it's an absolute fact that we can look at and we can say, well, you know, the F-150, it is a truck. The best ever made, I don't know, you know, that depends because I've had some Fords that ran really well and some that didn't run very well. And other people have had some that were phenomenal, so on and so forth, right? We get that. Okay, but let's think of this in terms of respect. Respect is totally subjective. It's all about how the one who hears or the one who interacts with some other person, it's, it's what happens in their mind when they hear you speak, when they see your actions, when they look at the things that you do, it brings them to have, uh, 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 to hold in honor the worth or substantial good qualities of some other person. It brings you what somebody does or doesn't do or says or doesn't say or how they treat others and all that. It makes you consider the qualities of the mind or the actions of the character who has those qualities. That's totally subjective. I have a bunch of cops who listen to this podcast, and so as I say this, and some of you guys, and it's not just one of you, it's multiples of you who have talked to me about this, have complained about, in your marriage, lack of respect, or from other people, lack of respect and all that. But you know how subjective respect is. Because every one of us who have been a police officer have gone to shootings and fights and stabbings and all of those things where somebody disrespected somebody else. Or where somebody did it because they were trying to gain respect. I'm going to go and beat this person up so I can gain respect from somebody else, right? Because this gang, what they felt was was held in a high, in a high estimation of value was your ability to fight or to do what you were told or whatever it is, you know? So I something I want us to remember that is it's totally subjective. And if something is totally subjective, that means that it's something that we're always going to have to be working towards. If I have a doctorate, if I am a doctor, I have reached a level. I've done everything that is necessary to reach that level. And now I've been bestowed with this title and everything that goes with it of doctor. It's objective. It's happened. People might not like the way that I treat them in bedside manner or anything like that, but I am a doctor. So I no no longer have to reach for that anymore. There's no effort I have to make. I've got my, I did my 13 years or whatever it is. I can hang up my shingle and say, I'm Dr. Yates. And that's it. I don't have to do anything else. I've reached that level. But when we're talking about relationships and things like that, we're talking about respect, having those qualities that people look to and they hold in high honor it's something that is worth looking at and holding up as as being good and valuable something they want to they want to have interacting with them that's something that always has to be worked towards because you don't get you don't earn respect just once because how many people do you know or have you interacted in your life where you respected them for the for the way they treated you or the way that you saw that they that they handled their life or how they they did something in their in their work or whatever it was right but how many people have you held in that regard and then they've done something that you've lost respect for them they cheated on their wife they stole from work they took money for a job that they didn't finish up or whatever it was and you lost that respect you saw that the qualities that you had once held up so high were not so much regarded by that person and they walked away from them and so respect is one of those things if I think about it it kind of goes up and down right it can go up and down You may gain respect by treating people right and doing those right things, and then you may lose it when you make a mistake. And so then you may gain it again when you ask for forgiveness, and then you might make a mistake or whatever it is. You know, just picture this in your mind. Think about this. Because respect is not an objective thing. It's totally subjective. It's up to that person who is observing you. And so I want you to think about that in terms of your relationship. So many relationships have difficulties because they say that somebody has changed. And we do change. And change, we don't always change for the better. Every one of us knows this. And so where you may have gained the respect of your spouse or you had it at one time, decisions you've made, changes you've made in your own life, in your way of thinking, whatever that it may be, it, might, it may help to, to, to lift that respect higher or diminish it. And so what does that tell you, or what should that tell you as a man? This is something that I have to continue to work on, to be worthy of somebody's respect. Now, if you're a gang member, you have a different standard for yourself of what is worthy for respect or of respect. And that gang is going to have to, they're going to have a different standard of what is worthy of respect. So what is it that God says is worthy of respect. I believe fully that if you truly want to have a successful life, that measuring stick, you know, God has laid it forth. He's laid it out there because he doesn't want you to be confused. So I want to think about this. I want you to think about this. You know, if you're struggling in your marriage or in your relationship or with your boss or, or whatever it is, all these things that you're like, I just don't feel like I'm respected. You know, Rodney, Danger, Rodney Dangerfield, I can't get no respect. No respect. No respect. Why is it? Was it there before and now it is no longer there? There will be a reason. If your marriage was good and then all of a sudden it starts to go bad, there is a reason. Maybe it doesn't lie with you, but you probably hold some part of it. And one of the things that, I, that I've that i tried throughout all of these podcasts, and I'm going to try to encourage you to continue do I want to call you to maturity. You know, maturity is being able to honestly look at yourself and examine yourself. You know, in my last podcast, I talked about loneliness. So one of those things I asked you to do was if you feel like you're lonely, I want you to take a hard look, a deep dive into yourself. What is it about you that might make people not want to be around you? This is a legitimate thing. And now I want you to look now if if today as you listen to this or this is this thought has come in your mind that you're frustrated with the level of respect that you're receiving in whatever relationship it is, the level of respect you're getting from anybody around you, a wife, a girlfriend, your brother, your boss, coworker, whatever it is. I want you to examine yourself. Are there qualities in me that are worthy of respect? And if they're there, am I showing them? Am I doing those things that make people look at me and say, I, I want to be around that guy, Adam. Man, I've seen the way he works so hard. He's honest in business. I've never seen him yell at somebody. You know, that guy doesn't tell dirty jokes. He he holds to a level that he is that he is claimed, you know, professed to be. He's, he's a true Christian. I mean, he actually tries to live the way he speaks. All of these things, those are things that are worthy of respect, right? Are they in you? Are you willing to look at yourself and be honest with yourself? That's pretty difficult. You know, I have written in my notes here. You know, we all—if I would—if I would ask you about respect, we all would make this statement: respect is earned. You earn respect, which is a hundred percent true. So there was this time as a police officer. So in uh, two thousand and. 11, there was an officer who was killed. Um, and those, those are you guys from the department I was on. Um, you guys remember, if you were there, you remember Brad Jones. Brad Jones was murdered. And one of the detectives who had worked that homicide, I was up in his office one day, many months later, and he had a picture in his office of him and the, uh, the surviving wife of this officer with the president at the time. And uh, I didn't care for President Obama. I didn't like his decisions. I didn't like the things that he stood for. In my disdain for, for that person, I, I made a comment to this detective about it. And he goes, you know, he says, first off, I don't really agree with him either. He said, but, you know, I took that picture and I have it here because uh, he picked us out of a crowd um, and came up to us and sincerely offered his condolences and showed a soft, a tender, a heartfelt side of him that we hadn't seen. And he said, you know, and, and I respected that. And I couldn't argue with him right? We respect that. You know, we do respect someone like a president because they have earned something, even though I may not like even the president right now. I mean, I voted for him. I don't particularly care for a lot of stuff that he does, but I respect the fact that he holds a title that is worthy of it. Um, but as a person, doesn't really have my respect. He hasn't earned it. We do respect things like someone who has had some sort of accomplishment, like a, a Super Bowl quarterback. But what do we respect there? We respect the work and the effort that they put into being at the top of their game the effort it took to get them there so really a lot of times what we're looking at is we respect hard work and things like that even though that particular person that Super Bowl quarterback might be a terrible person we respect Abilities, right? I just mentioned a quarterback, or or someone who has a very high level of skill, or even like maybe within industry. You know, we might respect. For instance, I, I like uh, guns. I think you've probably gotten that through my podcast. You know, and there's a there's a a, a builder of precision rifles, McMillan Firearms. They are very expensive rifles, and they, you know. Uh, One of my brothers worked there, and I got to go, and I got to tour the facility, and I got to watch what it took to make this, and I had such a great deal of respect for the craftsmen and how detail-oriented they were, and they wouldn't let anything pass from their bench to another bench. They wouldn't let it move unless it was perfect, and I respected so much the effort that they put into it. That person could have been a terrible person, but I respected what they put out. And, you know, I say all this because... I want us to look at just think about the subjective nature of respect, and if we want it, we need to understand that there has there's there's things that we have to do to make to be worthy of it, to gain it, and to hold on to it. But respect is earned. We all would say that respect is earned. You know, I, I was a I I played sports. Um, I was I was in uh, obviously a police officer. I've been in these things throughout my life where I had to um, where I had to to work under leadership, and you know. Some guys who were in charge of me, some sergeants, some coaches, whatever it were, some guys, they had these qualities as it was easy to look up to them. It was easy when they went to say something to me, to be quiet and open my ears. It was easy for me to say, that guy, that guy is a quality guy. I wanted to hear him. I wanted to listen to him. I wanted to hear more. I wanted them to teach me. And then there were some who were a whole lot more difficult because there were things about them that made it difficult for me to respect them. I didn't like the way they talked to people. I didn't like the fact that they would say one thing and do another. I didn't like the fact that they didn't seem to take these things as seriously as the job uh, was worthy of. But we all would say respect is earned. You would say it. If you're one of these guys who has talked to me about it, somewhere in our conversation, we've acknowledged it. Respect is earned. And yet, knowing that respect is earned and knowing that it's, relative, it's so, so very much subjective— We get frustrated when we feel disrespected rather than trying to consider why that respect isn't there and what we can do about it. You know, we all have been around, we've worked for, we've been around, we've been coached by some whatever it is who have had attributes that made them easy to respect and also those that had attributes that made them harder to respect. We've seen it. So now look at yourself. Do you have attributes in your life? Are there things about you in the way that you treat people and the way that you think and the way that you act, what comes out of your mouth? Because if you're around somebody long enough, you can truly see what's in their heart. We can only fake it for so long. And especially when it comes to something like a marriage, your true colors come out. Are you looking at yourself to see, am I showing forth qualities that are worthy of people looking up to? Do I have them? If I do have them, am I hiding them? And why? Or am I missing those things? Qualities like hard work, honesty. Qualities like, like charity, like caring about other people, like listening, like being willing to offer good advice, like being willing to sacrifice. These things that, that you have seen in people around you that you say, that's, that's someone who, man, I respect them. Is it in you? I have written my notes here. I'm, I'm, you know, I want you to think about these things. About Okay, now, what are some qualities that you respect in someone? What is it that, that someone who, when, when you hear their name, you say, I'm not going to speak poorly of them. They have been such a good person, a true friend, a good example, whatever it is. You know, what are the qualities that that person possesses? Now, those things also have, always have to have a standard, right? I, I, There's a Christian podcast, and so I'm looking, I'm wanting you to look up to people who are delivering and who are, who are showing Christ-like standards. If you were to lay out what is the ideal man, or for you ladies who might be listening to this, the ideal woman, what would they look like? Have you sat and thought about this? Have you sat and thought about what would I consider to be the ideal? The person who I would like to emulate, the person who it is, maybe it's a person you know, or maybe it's some fictional character, or maybe it's just something you're going you're to spit out words and, and concepts and things out there, but think about it. And now for those of you who are married, who might feel like your wife is not showing you the level of respect, a level of regard for your qualities of character, take a few moments to think what she might respect in a person, and are you measuring up to those things? I have found in my life that there are some things that I can do that will always be worthy of people's respect. They will always look at it and respect it. Regardless of whether I put a Christian spin on it or not, people are going to look at someone who works hard, and they're going to respect that. I respect the way that they approach whatever job is given to them. Do you do that in your life? Have you ever thought that your marriage, or your friendship, or your position as an employee is something that requires work? Because it is hard. Being married is hard. It's a lot of work. I mentioned in one of the last podcasts, you know, my wife isn't the same as she was 14 years ago. We see things different. We both have grown spiritually. We both have come to respect different things spiritually, to want to see those in each other spiritually. We probably know, or maybe we are, some of those immature men who haven't grown, who haven't looked to see what attributes are worthy of respect, who haven't Examine ourselves and try to put positive things in our life while we're taking out the negative. And we can't expect that people are going to respect us, to hold us in high regard for bad qualities. If in your life, if in your marriage, if in your relationship with your employer, with your boss, with your friends, you're feeling a lack of respect, I want you to examine whether or not you have qualities that are worthy of being respected. I think about this because the scriptures also talk about this. You don't take you don't see many uh ministers taking this angle, but I feel very strongly about this that you know in this 10 commandments it talks about honoring your father and mother. Read that commandment honor your father and mother that your days may be long upon the earth. And I look at that as that's a two-part commandment for two different people. There's a responsibility on the part of a child to respect their father and mother, and there's a responsibility on the father and mother to be worthy of honor. And I also want you to think about that in all the rest of your relationships. Be worthy of it. Now, you must know what is worthy of respect. I didn't pull a lot of scriptures today. In fact, I'm only going to read one, and it's going to be a little lengthy, and I'll break it up a little bit, but I only want to read one because in this dissertation, and I've read parts of this in previous podcasts before, but in this dissertation, he hits on so many things that are so important that you consider, that if we actually examine all of this, we are going to see that in one way or another, we all are going to fall short. But one of the things I want you to remember, this overarching thing, as you consider what makes you worthy of someone else's respect. I want you to have this that has to be the very top of the list. You can never earn somebody's respect if you are not humble. If life is all about you, if everyone has to look at you, if every conversation is about you, is about what you've done, what you've accomplished, where you want to go, what you want to do, if you come home from work every day and you only tell your wife about what happened in your life that day, what was frustrating, all that sort of stuff, and you never turn it around and ask them how they're doing, how you consider, you don't consider what was going on in their life, if it's all about you, you will never be worthy of respect. Because if you look at those people who had an effect in your life, those people who you interacted, it was a coach, it was a minister, it was a co-worker, it was a supervisor, whatever it was, who you looked at them respect. I guarantee you if you break it down, it's because they showed that you were important. You were valuable. What you wanted to do and what you wanted to say where you were struggling and having difficulty, all of those things mattered to them. And that was why you cared for them. They had qualities that you wanted to aspire to, whether they could teach you how to shoot a basketball better or, or uh, work on an engine or whatever it was. There were those things. But, you know, the fact that they took the time for you and that it wasn't all about them was what you respected about them. You know, this all breaks down to being a servant when we are not the most important person in the room. And that doesn't mean we're of zero importance. That's not that's not the case. But we do put others in front of us. You know, this lands right there in these aspects of leadership of a man that I was talking about before. And it is this this aspect of leadership. It's servant. It's a humility. So you can never gain people's respect if you're full of pride. And and the thing is, is if you think about it, that's the same using that gang uh, example I was talking about before, right? I mean, I was around enough gang members over the course of my of my time as a police officer to know that they didn't like somebody who came in running their mouth about how good they were at this and that. And I mean, they'd tell you, put your money where your mouth is. They, they didn't want to have anything to do with somebody who was all about them. So this is something that, that we need to think about. So here we are. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read. We're going to go one scripture here. And so I'm going to read in the Book of Mormon, I'm going to be in the book of Mosiah. I'm going to read verses 39. And this is a man who was a king. I've read this before. His name was King Benjamin. He was a good and a godly man, and he knew he was going to die and he called. he told his son he said yeah, I want you to send this this proclamation out to the people gather them together here and I'm going to go up on the on the wall of this temple here and I am going to to deliver this message this last thing that I want to make sure that my people know before I die and he gives this sermon that has so many things that are so powerful and he spends this time talking about these important things and so I want to start here Mosiah chapter 1 39 through 56 here we go And he says to the people, I have not commanded you to come up hither to trifle with the words which I shall speak, but that you should hearken unto me and open your ears that you may hear, and your hearts that you may understand, and your minds that the mysteries of God might be unfolded to your view. I have not commanded you to come up hither that you should fear me, or that you should think that I of myself am more than a mortal man. But I'm like as yourselves, subject to all manners of infirmity in body and mind." You know, this is the first thing I want to break right here at the end of verse 41, just to say this. You know, sometimes we lose people's respect when we forget this perspective we're supposed to have on ourselves. None of you is a superhero. None of you is so worthy of people to uh, to look up to you that they should worship the ground that you walk on. I've gone to places and I've talked to people who thought so highly of themselves, but one thing I always remember is they take a dump the same way I do, sitting on a toilet. We are all the same. And this is what this king said. He said, I am just like you. We are alike. Verse 42, Yet as I have been chosen by this people and was consecrated by my father and was suffered by the hand of the Lord that I should be a ruler and a king over this people and have been kept and preserved by his matchless power to serve thee with all the might, mind, and strength that the Lord hath granted unto me. You know, I want to pause here yet again. And he says, you know, I am a king but i was chosen to be king they gave me a responsibility and they did it with the hopes that i would treat them a certain way now you in your marriage same thing you were given somebody consented to it be with me lead me but for what reason he's going to go in he's going to say i was a leader and a ruler but he says he says you know i was set up as a ruler he says i've been kept by god's matchless power and he says why to serve thee with all the might, mind, and strength, with the Lord hath granted unto me. He says, I was put to be a a king, not for you all to worship the ground that I walk on, but so that I would serve you with everything that's in my heart. Verse 43, and I say unto you, that, that as I have been suffered to spend my days in your service even up to this time, and have not sought gold, nor silver, nor any manner of riches of you, neither have I suffered that you should be confined in dungeons, nor that you should make slaves one of another, or that you should murder or plunder or steal or commit adultery. Or even I have not suffered, that you should commit any manner of wickedness and have taught you that you should keep the commandments of the Lord in all things which he commanded you, and that even I myself have labored with my own hands that I might serve you, that you should not be laden with taxes, that there should nothing come upon you which was grievous to be born. And all of these things which I have spoken, ye yourselves are witnesses this day. You know, this is really important what he says. And I know I've, I've read this in previous podcasts, and I made this point. You know, as king, it would have been reasonable for him to demand that when he walked in front of them that they would bow to the earth because he was the king. It was reasonable that he could have commanded them to support him and taken taxes and done all all of these things. It was reasonable. That's what kings did. But he said, that's not what the Lord called me to do. Everything that he was purposed to do was to be a servant. And he makes this statement. He says, you are witnesses of it this day. You saw what I did, and what I did was worthy of your respect, which is why you love me. Think about that, husbands who feel like they're struggling in their marriage. Is your wife a witness to you doing those things which put others in front of you? That see to their needs. Sometimes those needs are they just need to have a conversation with you. Sometimes their needs is that they need to connect with you, know about you and you about them, all of these things. You know, Consider all of that. It's not all about us. Nobody respects someone who thinks that the ground that they walk on is pure gold. Verse 47, Yet my brethren, I have not done these things that I might boast. Neither do I tell you these things that hereby I might accuse you, but I tell you these things that you may know that I can answer a clear conscience before God this day. I want to stop here because I think sometimes, as men, we think the fact that we go to work and come home and provide money to keep a roof over a head and meals uh, on the table and clothes on the back should be enough for those who are in our life to look up to us as if we are something amazing. All that is is doing the minimum that God has required. You are hitting the minimum standard because there is so much more that you need to be doing in your marriage and in your friendships and all of that than just simply providing the base level. There is more that a Christian man should be doing. He says, I haven't done these things that I might boast or that I could accuse you and say, look at me, look what I've done for you. He says, no, I'm telling you that I did all of these things because I know that God required it of me. Verse 48, behold, I say unto you that because I have said Unto you that I spent my days in your service, I do not desire to boast, for I have only been in the service of God. And behold, I tell you these things, that you may learn wisdom, that you may learn that when you're in the service of your fellow beings, you are only in the service of your God. Behold, you've called me your king, and if I, whom you call your king, do labor to serve you, then had you not ought to labor to serve one another. He led and showed the example. I am putting you ahead of me. Now, how should you treat each other? And in your relationships, when you do that, it's difficult for someone to not reciprocate. We as people, we as human beings, we, I I believe my whole heart, it's part of our design that we are designed in a lot of ways to reciprocate, which is why Christ says that you do unto others as you would have them do unto you, right? Because the way that we treat others oftentimes come back. Not all the time. I realize it's not all the time, but so often it is. And here he says, I set the example. I've set the bar of what you're supposed to do. Serve, love, care for, cherish, encourage, strengthen, teach, provide for others. That's worthy of respect. Verse 51, "...and behold also, if I whom you call your king has spent his days in your service and yet has been in the service of God, doth merit any thanks from you how..." had you ought to thank your heavenly king. I say unto you, my brethren, that if you should render all the thanks and praise which your whole souls have power to possess to that God who has created you, who has kept and preserved you and has caused that you should rejoice and had granted you that you should live in peace one with another, I say unto you that if you should serve him, who has created you from the beginning and art preserving you from day to day by lending you breath, that you might live and move and do according to your own will, and even supporting you from one moment to another, if you should serve him with all your whole soul, yet you would be unprofitable servants. Behold, all that he requires of you is to keep his commandments. And he has promised you that if you would keep his commandments, that you should prosper in the land. And he never doth vary from that which he has said. Therefore, if you do keep his commandments, he doth bless and prosper you. And you know, this king goes on to say a lot more really important things. But you know, there was a lot that was said in there. And like every problem I have tackled in these podcasts, I want to tackle it in this same thing, is it all comes down on you. You cannot force someone to respect you, to look at your qualities that you possess and that you share and show, and to hold them in a high regard. You can't force it. You must earn it. And how do we earn it? We earn it in humility in putting others in front of you in considering the needs of others. So much of being a man is about putting yourself last, not ignoring yourself and your own needs because we can't do that. But you know, someone else before me, these are things that are worthy of respect. Those people in your life that you hold in a high regard, that you do respect in whatever aspect it is, you know, in whatever aspect of life, a supervisor, you know, a, uh, a mechanic, whatever. Th- for s- there's something about them that is giving, that is recognizing others, that is recognizing you, that is looking to do something, to build you, whatever it is. You know, that's what's worthy of respect. Those are the qualities. What are we really wanting when we want respect inside of our relationship? You know, we want that other person to see and to acknowledge and to express our value as a husband, as a father, as a lover, as a friend. We we want that. But are we making sure that the things that we bring to our relationship do have value as a husband, as a father, as a lover, as a friend? That's really a challenge, right? And it's all about you. You know, we can't ever determine how somebody else is going to receive us. You make every Christ-like change in your life and you are walking just as close to the standard of Christ as you can and that doesn't mean that those other people in your life are going to begin to hold you in a high regard, begin to respect you, begin to give you the, you know, those things that you are due. You can't, you know, we can't control those things. But we are one day going to give account we are going to speak to one who is mighty above all about what we did in our life how our interactions with others went what happened in our heart and in our mind what things in life we held to be of great value what things that we showed others and is the lord going to look on your life and your efforts in your marriage how you speak to others what your friendships look like and all that is he's going to look at those is he going to look at those things as he opens the books and considers the life of adam is he going to hold Great value for the things that I've done. Is he going to respect to hold value for the qualities and characteristics that I showed throughout the time that I was given? That should be a humbling thought. And so, when we talk about this aspect of respect, you know, maybe you thought I would take a different angle. Maybe you're dissatisfied with what I've brought. But you know, I looked. I you know, as I thought about this and thought about this, I thought in the entire time I've been a minister, I've never done a lesson about respect. And so, I started looking at certain things. You know, and everything that I looked. In scripture, where I saw that someone was held, they were valued greatly. It was always because they gave, didn't take. They gave. It was always because someone else was more important than them. That was always those things. And you know And, I, and so I started looking at at people in my life that I that I love and I respect and I hold very highly. And why is it? Because they serve. Because they gave. Because they continue to do it. Because when they've made a mistake, that respect comes up and goes down. and all you know, they, they did those things to be worthy of respect again. Those are the things that I looked at. Those are the things that I considered as I thought about what makes somebody worthy of respect. That's what it is. And it's hard, and it requires sacrifice, and without godly expectation, there's no reason to do it. But God offers up blessings and promises that he will follow through with when we are willing to walk the way he asks us to treat others the way that he asks us, to be clothed, covered completely with humility. It's hard, just like life, just like manhood, but God will bless us if we're willing to make those efforts. And so consider these things as we think about respect today and arise from the dust and be men.